0: Are you ready to take action to attain the lifestyle of your dreams? great To make a lot of money fast. The Clever Investor
1: Show. Hey, what's going on? Welcome back to The Clever Investor Show. I'm your lucky host, the OG Clever Investor, Cody Sperber. Here back in the studio with my business partner, Brian Apples, And today we got a special guest. Uh, one of the coolest Canadians that I know, um, pun intended, because it is starting to get cold in Alberta, uh, <laughs> yes, but it is. Uh, we got the great Stephen Potosky <laughs> here, who is uh, somebody that I've gotten to know, uh, What? how, how long has it been now? Uh, three, four years, I think. Three, four years watching him. He he was actually the first investor I, uh, I have ever spoken with um, that was playing the game at a very high level in the, and I'll let him explain it better, but he was doing this really cool concept with like raising capital to buy these luxury houses all across the world with a bunch of friends and then turning them into like, you know, good cash producing assets, but also living this insane real estate investor lifestyle where he travels the world with his families, gets to stay in all these luxury mega mansions. Um, The guy is a developer and uh, just a really kick-ass investor and entrepreneur and somebody who's doing something really big in Las Vegas that we're going to unpack here on the show. Uh, So we got a
2: special guest in the studio. So welcome, Clever Investor Show. Well, thank you for having me, Matt. And great digs you got set up here. Awesome to get the tour from Bryant. And this is uh, this is world headquarters for you right here. That's right. And you're you're in town because you're, you say your son or daughter? My is- uh, son is at yeah at a golf camp at ASU. So he's trying to pursue and build his resume for NCAA and working hard at the game. And so just down the street from here, which is pretty cool. So I'm going to go watch him in a tournament after. Well, good. We're,
1: we're lucky man. that he's playing golf because you're here in the studio with us.
2: Worked out perfectly. Thank oh, you for so, having me. So
1: look, dude, um, we were just in my office right before we kicked this thing off. We were kind of talking about this insanely big project you have going on in Las Vegas.
2: Um, a, would you say it's a billion dollar project? Uh, the sellout will be over a billion. Yes, the total sales. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Damn. it's crazy. Even saying it out loud.
1: Yeah, and it's it's a it's a, a partnership with um what what four seasons with the four seasons. Mm-hmm. And you're going to build, and this is in Henderson, you're building two 22 or 23 story towers.
2: One's 22, one's 24 stories. So. Okay, yeah, I yeah. split it down the middle. Yeah, and yeah, pretty you're, close. you're building these
1: two big towers. You've got this partnership with the Four Seasons. It's going to be over a billion dollar sellout. You've sold hundreds and millions of dollars already of mm-hmm. pre-sale. Um, you're, you're done with, or you're almost finished with putting all the plumbing and <laughs> all the groundwork and everything you got to do to start to build a foundation so you can go vertical. Correct. How long is this entire project going to take?
2: Yeah, it's a it's a crazy project, and it's you know our the biggest thing we've done in our seventeen years since we started the company. And started very small, like anything. I'll give you that history another time, but we'll go with the big one first. But very very cool. Basically, like any I guess entrepreneurial endeavor, it's all comes down to relationships. We've my joint venture partner lives in Las Vegas. Um, had this great idea along with a, a well known person from Vegas who had this incredible community, a phenomenal piece of land. He had a dream that he wanted to build a luxury tower off strip. And if you know Vegas, it's just a bowl, right? So you have this big flat valley and the mountains surrounded by all sides. So there's no towers off Strip. You basically, if you want to live in a condo, you're either downtown where you don't want to be, or you're on the Strip, which is beautiful, but not a lot of people want to live on the Strip. That's kind of where some of the hospitality and other other people, but for the most part, it's not where residents want to live. So his dream was to build a luxury tower off Strip. So we're 15 minutes from the Strip and he carved off an amazing piece of land and his community's got 800 luxury homes in this community mcdonald highlands it's phenomenal and uh, he brought us in and i'm still humbled he did this would have been right in like the height of COVID, and because my jv partner had a connection with his second in command and they brought us in we we were we admitted to him like this is going to be some new stuff to us to get zoned and entitled and design a tower and he said you know what i I really like you guys i trust you guys i think you'll, you'll i think you'll get it done and I remember that in January 2021, which was just uh, was a phenomenal, uh, uh, I guess, vote of confidence. And then we went down the rabbit hole, man, for two years. It was just a crazy wild ride. Happy to share any of the details that related to, you know, just entitlements in general and how you do these types of things. But effectively, Henderson City Council voted unanimously in support on uh, May 3rd, 2022. So like stress right up till the day before, because you never know. I mean, the city council... Um, although they were giving us indications and worked in good faith towards a great plan that's amazing for the city, um, amazing for the community, and uh, but you never know because if there's public, you know, lack of support. But fortunately, there was a lot of support from the public. Got it designed, and then the really cool thing uh, once that was approved in May 2022 was working with Four Seasons. And I share with you a bit in the office, but basically, Four Seasons and a lot of people get the two mixed up. Rightfully so, it's a bit confusing. But Four Seasons is best known as a hotel, best luxury hotel brand in the world. They're they're absolutely world class, sophisticated, kick ass. They're amazing. What they're doing now, though, in markets where they have hotels but don't have residential attached, they're building what they call standalone residential Four Seasons communities. So think just like a, a standard community where anyone would live, but run and operated by Four Seasons. So you get four seasons, hotel amenities, experience, service, all the good stuff, but you're living there. And most of the four seasons around the globe would have the hotel and the residential attached. But in these markets like Las Vegas, where they have a big hotel in the strip and no residential, they wanted to build a standalone. So they approached us when uh, when we got it approved and they said, We think you guys have what will probably be the best project off strip for Luxury Tower. We want to talk to you guys about a partnership. And of course you're humbled again because you just had this amazing milestone where it got fully entitled and this great support from city council. And then the biggest and baddest hotel brand in the world calls you up. So that's a a, whole transformation for our company. Got a deal done with them. Very fair for both sides. And now we launched in May of this year and yeah, sales are rocking and people are loving it and we're we're starting to build it and it's just a crazy time.
1: Look, I don't want to brag, but Brian and I had the two point five seasons call us. They wanted to take over our shitty Airbnb portfolio.
2: You I, know, I heard they're great. It's not every day you get to brag like that and just get a call. That's from, a big deal. That's a big
0: deal. I saw that trending. That yeah, other day. yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> well, dude, that's huge, dude. No, that's thank huge. You. thank the, you,
0: Brian. Why are we doing projects that are a billion dollar project? I'm worried yet? about that entitlement process. What would have happened if they didn't approve it? How much would you guys have been? This put is have, called a, put a microphone. i yeah. talking it. How much <laughs> would you guys have been put? Yeah, out
2: you know that, what? I uh, I can't say the exact number. I'll just say it's in the millions that would have been lost. The, the entitlement phase, wh- Whether you got a. You know, a five acre piece of land to change to like a commercial or gas station or a 20 acre piece of land to do to a billion dollar project. When you're trying to get something changed, it has, in my mind, of all the levers you can pull to make value in real estate, entitlement process is, in my mind, the biggest because you can take something from agriculture and convert it to industrial or hospitality. It's just worth a lot more through that entitlement process. But you can lose the money if city council says, no, we don't like your vision. It's flush down the drain. Like you pretty much got to start from scratch. So let's take a few steps back. Cause I mean,
1: you're currently building, a, did you say it was a Marriott hotel? Yep. Marriott Autograph. Right outside of Tulum in yeah. Playa del Carmen. Playa del Carmen. Yep. Um, which I just want to know why aren't we building hotels and playing? <laughs> <laughs> Brian, what is your problem? We need to be. That's <laughs> why we're having together, on the show
0: so we can learn a little bit more from this yeah. amazing business guy. Um,
1: so, so you know, from building hotels, building luxury, how the heck does do you start there? Because like a lot of our people, we're just little rink-a-dink, single family guys that you know catch the real estate bug, and then one day we're like, we need to do something bigger. Yeah. How did you grow this thing? Wait, so you, because the first time I talked to you, I remember the, the first conversation was, dude, I got X amount of my friends together. We all piled in a hundred grand and we mm-hmm. bought this luxury house. Yes. And what was cool about it is we can rent it out and make money from it, but at the yeah. same time, we all got to use it because we are all live in, you know, igloos up in Canada.
2: Pretty much. And we <laughs> want to get out of the snow every once in a
1: while. And we, this was a great idea. So I pulled money from my buddies. We bought this thing mm-hmm. and it was such a great success we decided to do it again. Yeah. And then we did it again. Then we did it again. And then next thing you know, I got this luxury portfolio of, of destination properties. Is that where you started? Or how did you start in this business?
2: Yeah, man, that's ex- you nailed it. Good memory, by the way, from a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Remembering the whole story, I mean, that's exactly what it was. I was in a different career. My wife was in a different career and it was cold and dark and we were having our first baby. So our, my son, who's, you know, he's again this ASU golf camp. And that was so cool. He was being born in February 07. So this is this time... In 06, we're like, we need to do something for travel for our family because the winter suck here. We want to travel around. We want to have ownership. We want to have consistency. So we kind of we looked at our options. You basically have three options to travel. You go to a hotel, you get consistency, but you lack size and it's expensive. You own your own home, great. You can get consistency, but you lose variety. Or you do the verbo thing. This is like pre-Airbnb didn't even exist yet. They launched in 08. So Verbo was horribly inconsistent, but you got size. So when we look at those three options, we're like, well, wouldn't it be amazing if we could combine all three together? Hotel consistency, the variety comes with the Verbo, and the size that comes with the Verbo, and uh, that's what we did. So we, you, you nailed it. It was 18 friends and family. My wife and I put in uh, 150. My parents put in 150. 16 other friends. We bought three homes. Maui, Scottsdale, actually North Scottsdale, and uh, and then a place in interior British Columbia on, on the lake. And that was nice. the kickoff. And that was, again, was I don't know, like this a side hustle more than it was an intentional business, but it, you know, I'm so blessed. But it just snowballed, and friends, smart told idea friends. to get three homes for the price of 150. Yeah, exactly. I actually, mean, fractional is not like a novel concept, people do it all the time. We just created a vision to do 30 of them in different funds, so it was like a 30 million dollar fund to buy 31 million dollar homes. Honestly, I never knew I'd actually get there in 07. I was meeting there's no officer people, I kept saying, Oh, yeah, we're gonna have. This asset management team and this concierge. I'm gonna do all this stuff. And you had a pitch deck, and I, that was it. <laughs> that was all I had, and like a dream. And then all of a sudden, they people giving me checks for 200 grand. I didn't have a bank account set up. I'm like, oh, these guys either just believe in me and they feel sorry for me, so they're gonna give me their money. So I leave them, leave them alone, or they're have we're solving a problem for their family as well, which is really what it was. And so they start giving this money. We're like, we got to get our our shit together and get organized hired someone from the hospitality business, hired someone, a uh, great accountant. And then the three of us kind of kicked shit off. And then it started to roll. And the neat thing about anything when, you, when you're when you growing a business, if you can get referrals, because it's, it costs nothing for a get a referral, it's like the lowest cost acquired client around, lowest CAC. And uh, those guys told their friends, told their friends. And in a period of seven years, we're going to raise about a hundred million bucks and buying 50 vacation homes around the world. Damn. It was a crazy run. It was a, crazy run. a cool,
1: cool hundred million.
2: Yeah, it was a cool, yeah, yeah it was, uh, I still... Don't even know how we did it. Like, again, you just add people and you add systems and you just figure it out as you get. There's no playbook for what we did. Did we those were,
0: have an exit on them? Or is it five, seven years, 10 uh, years? 10 years, exactly. 10 years, exactly. exactly. so they're you exited on all those?
2: Correct. So we, what well, our plan was to roll them back in and people would reinvest back into a new fund, but to give everyone clarity as when they're going to get their capital back, plus, you know, an appreciation split, like 80-20 so for them, 80 so for them. So real
1: quick, so just go so go. I understand just the basic concept, at least from the 07 model, was everybody's going to pile in this money. We're going to buy these three houses. Yeah. You're going to yeah. get your money back within 10 years. That's yeah. the pitch. Yeah. During the 10 years, are they making money or is their money just being put into the real estate and reinvested back in the real estate to pay down the debt or, so, or there was we, no debt or like what? How, yeah. did,
2: how did you do this? So this we did something a bit unique and we debated and I think there, there's two models here. The one we did and there's a secondary model, which I think could be very successful, but... We debated between renting out excess time. So let's say you've got five people per home and they all take a month a year and you rent out the remaining remaining time. Or we say, no, this is a true private club. Those people have full access to the homes. So let's say, they put them, just pick a number, you know, 150 grand on a $30 million portfolio. They have 0.5% of that fund. They now have access to the entire portfolio of assets and they can use their one or two months worth of time, however they see fit. I want to go to Scottsdale, then... Cabo, New York, and next year I'm going to Tuscany, Caribbean, and Hawaii, and then Whistler. Like a shared calendar.
1: Exactly, you just yeah. block off whatever's exactly.
2: available. And in- Exactly. And the issue was when we, our initial founders came in, the idea of renting kind of diluted it a bit for them, even though they liked the concept of collecting cash to offset their operating costs. They said, why don't we keep it like a golf club? We'll pay all the operating costs, pay you a management fee to run this thing, we do a split at the end, so we'll get you know we get eighty percent for the investors, so they get their capital back, and this you know eighty percent to the lift, and we get twenty percent. And that is kind of great, based, based on success just model. future appreciation. It's Apprecia- all based on appreciation. So the financial benefit to the client, though, was uh, potential of capital appreciation. But then the second thing was is the operating costs to stay in that home was about sixty-five to seventy-five percent less than renting a comparable home. So it's direct money in their jeans and it's on, and it's tax. It's no, There's no tax on it. So for example, I'm staying in a Luxus home and it's, it cost me 300 bucks a night because that's the, the true Luxus is cost. the name of
1: his, his investment group.
2: You bet. And Luxus, the Latin word for luxury. So that's where we got the thing, uh, uh, selected in 07 and trademarked. And so now people are ripping off our name. I got like more guys on cease and desist <laughs> for a, patent or a trademark infringement. Every week we're sending out letters. But anyway, I'm proud of the name. And so... The people said, "Okay, I'm spending twenty thousand a year, like currently, on my let's say my vacation travels. I'm going to spend six thousand dollars a year with this. So I keep fourteen grand a year in my jeans. So instead of making twenty grand, paying your in Canada fifty percent tax, ten thousand after tax, they're getting like a huge multiple. So in our minds, what in the, in the business thesis was is you you get time, you're paying operating costs because you're a direct owner in the home, like all the rest of the the other uh, fund unit holders, limited partners, whatever you call them." And you get this discounted time. And it worked phenomenal because people got a chance to to basically travel up, you know, have a better experience at pennies on the dollar. And uh in your your 30 and your homes, they were literally in the best
1: locations on the planet.
2: Yeah. Yeah, We only picked because I mean, we're very concentrated in Western Canada for our investor group, but you know, they all want to go places that are cool. So they want to go to Italy and they want to go to the Caribbean and they want to go to Whistler and you know, we don't we didn't buy based purely on like the capital appreciation potential it was like what's the lifestyle you know payback for this and so we were heavy in hawaii i think we met like 12 or 14 places in hawaii at our peak and because in western canada western u.s hawaii is the bomb lots yeah. of cabo you know lots of the desert so at uh, people just wanted to go places that are nice you know and they feel familiar with and have fun at so so you did this and and that spun off into you becoming this developer
1: that you are now
2: yeah, so the interesting thing—they're kind of like three iterations of the company. That was the first seven to eight years, and then through that time period, we met like just some amazing people around the world, and they had these ideas around developing. And we were never a ground-up developer, so we thought, you know what, um, entrepreneurial—you know what? Let's give this a shot. Seems like a good idea, right? And uh, so we picked three developments to kick off. And this was like, in hindsight, it, it seems so stupid because it, like there's, you know, we picked Tuscany, Palm Springs, and Hawaii, basically is in US, but it's really like its own country and how they manage things and do things. So three complicated markets and three different, completely different parts of the world the three totally different types of projects. Um, but we did it because we had a contact and a contact and contact that we felt with, that we were collectively trying to solve a problem that, that existed in that. And that took us seven years. So Um, these are commercial developments? No, no. Residential. All all residential. Everything we do is 100% in the luxury real estate category. It's either nightly rental or it's to live in. We've never, and we have a hotel as well. So call hospitality aspect. We've never touched commercial, multifamily, SFRs, unless it was, again, a luxury rental. This is our our pure niche is being an SME in like the luxury rental space for vacation purposes or lifestyle. So like in Hawaii, you're building a big boy house. Yeah, we built, we had 17, actually a community of 17 homes from uh, two to 5 million each. And it was like a condo, condominiumized community, but spread, it was all individual detached and single attached homes. And uh, we tried to solve a problem there. It didn't exist. It was really hard to build. And we got punched in the throat. So many, that was like, I mean, of all the three we did, that was the one that was like the most financial and stressful. We had Three big things. I'll give the quick lessons because this is important for any real estate investor, especially in development. We got the entitlements. We got all that. That's the easy part. We raised the money. Okay, that's the easy part. I say easy. It's relative. Nothing's that easy, but it, you know, it takes time. Yeah. But then we weren't really prepared for like multiple paths of success. We had like one path of success. And this is just probably immature in 2014. We're designing this saying, okay, well, we raised this amount of money. We have this money pre-sales and we have this debt structure. And then collectively that forms a capital stack that you can go build out the entire community. Well, sure enough, we did that. Well, all of a sudden the the debt didn't come in as planned. And then we couldn't raise additional equity and the sales didn't come in as planned. So now you have to like rejig this whole thing and this whole getting debt on I mean that's it's a whole separate combo, but just it can be it can be the thing that totally fucks you. Like if if we you don't, know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we know the well, last year and a half has been. been just
1: really brutal with lenders, Dude. you know, and the interest rates going skyrocketing. DSCR loans not working any longer.
2: Exactly. So many things
1: in mid-development shifted, and you're just like, Ugh. And that's
2: a problem. When you're when you're already like that deep into it, the pivot's so hard now. And so we kept finding angles and finding angles, and we finally got our act together. And, but this is the thing that's out our, that we'll call that one partly within our control, and we could have done better with it. But May 2018, We finally got our act together. We're setting up for our new pre-sale launch. We've already sold uh, about seven of the 17 homes. We need to sell another three or four to hit some pre-sale minimums so the bank funds the whole thing. And the freaking volcano erupts. I don't Big (laughs) Island, Hawaii. Literally, Mount Kilauea. It's been dormant for 30 freaking years. And the volcano erupts and basically, you guys probably remember, like shut down the island for about a year. What do they call that? Murphy's Law? That was Murphy's Law. That was like, I literally wanted to give up. you know what it was so freaking hard because we're like well now we lost all of our sales and so now everything we worked for the three years before to build for it are gone mm. and then how do you how do you do it and we've also we have to honor our commitments to this you know the people we've been the trades that have been doing work and haven't been paid and I've just never not paid a bill like I just could I couldn't sleep at night and you know what just found a way and found a way and found a way and eventually we got the thing done that took two years longer than we thought and and it was not a financial success. But the community itself is award winning. Homeowners are happy. The uh, all the, the values of the homes have appreciated substantially since COVID as well. It's a phenomenal phenom- you can't even buy one there. Like they're literally a lineup of buyers to buy in the community because it's it's a one of one.
1: So you're proud of the the result to just the process yeah, to get there, a lot yeah, of learning lessons. Yeah. I and like it, that. If you're in the development game,
2: like you have had those. Yeah, yeah. They're We've just had those. You heart, build right? a really
1: great quality product and it just doesn't financially
2: turn out the way you want. Yeah but, but looking the, back, you still I never do it different. Account. You got to get it done. I think if there's any lesson, you you got to got to honor your word for your investors, and either got to get it done or die trying, because uh, because even at the end, if you deliver only a portion of capital back or whatever it may be, nothing's worse than a half finished product. <laughs> like oh, unless yeah. you're literally going to go under, um, that's you know, I mean, that was as close as it could have been for us as well, if our guarantees got called or if uh, things got worse. Um, but fortunately, we got through the whole thing. But it, it's a, it's a scary time. But if you get it done, now it's on the resume as. Uh, you know, a struggle financial, but a, a beautiful, phenomenal project on the island. We're really that. proud of. It. We paid everyone. We paid ev- all the trades. Everyone got paid. We got a good reputation. We're looking for another one.
0: So what's what's next? I mean, I, you you've played in the development space. <laughs> yeah, obviously, <laughs> Vegas yeah. Towers was just probably a, the best trophy you know, project you probably ever do. Yeah, I think Unless you got your sights on something bigger. (laughs) I would think you're four (laughs) four or
1: five years just focused on that major project.
2: Well, you know, it's interesting. So, uh, so the answer is yes, Brian. like I, now that we've done those, what I've learned now doing for, I guess, eight years, it takes almost the same amount of time and energy to do a project with another zero than it does with two less zeros. It's, Five years of effort and stress and and risk and everything else, so may as well just do bigger projects. And so now, of course, we didn't have access to bigger projects back then. But now our deal flow now, we're able to be super choosy, and we're trying to pick basically as it call ourselves kind of a merchant developer. So I don't have a balance sheet like these guys who got a billion dollars and they can underwrite, you know, put in fifty million in equity and, and guarantee a, a huge construction loan. I just I don't have. It. I'm trying to build it, and I want to be there. That's definitely part of the plan. So we're a merchant developer, basically a developer for hire. We've been able to prove ourselves to show that we are very um, competent and good at what we do. And I say we, it's like my business partner and his team. I'm I'm kind of dumb. Those guys are like <laughs> geniuses, they're so smart. They're That's all what I say at- about
1: Brian. I'm like, thank God for
2: Brian <laughs> and our team. Cause <laughs> we need I'm it. just a pretty face on a Everyone needs a Bryant. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. And so thankfully, these guys are studs, and I'm super they're based in our New York office, and they just know how to underwrite a look at a deal now. And so now we have these deals coming to us and working with Marriott and Four Seasons, which have been great, like mentors are learning for us because they're just, they're just dialed. Like they just know their stuff. So we get to extract their knowledge and now we can pick bigger projects. They take, but we don't have to do them to your point, One project all in, but instead we kind of staggers. We bring in partners along the way on areas that we're not, we potentially don't have experience with. So we're bringing in a partner on Vegas who's good at building towers. I don't want to learn to build a tower that's the most important off-strip project ever in Vegas. I'm not going to be the one learning. I'm going to bring in a grown-up who's done this before and built it, and they're going to step into our shoes and build the project out because they have the experience and the know-how to do it. And that frees up our team capacity to find another project, and we'll take it through the two- to three-year entitlement process.
1: I think that's important for people to understand is like, you are the manager of the project, Correct. meaning you're putting all the financial pieces, the personnel pieces, yep. the cultural pieces, the finan- mm-hmm. everything, you're just puppeteering it all. Yep. But you don't necessarily have to come to the table and have the, all the construction knowledge. You're going to hire the right team members to be able to come in, bid it out, get it dialed, 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 dial, yep. until finally you pick the person or the group that you feel is the best yeah. and then you just manage them for the next N- three, four years.
2: Nailed it, exactly. Yeah. You, you, there's no one I really know that has the true, complete vertical expertise where they have the ability, the, the the visionary aspect, how to take something from nothing, turn into something, assembling the team, the construction knowledge, the the balance sheet, the bankroll. You're really just assembling a team around you where you pull these levers at different points in the uh, project. Hey, I need a stud contractor. Well, I'm going to hire a person in, in here, like an owner's rep, basically, that kind of watches them and takes care of it. But they're going to be ones building. I don't need to fucking figure out how to build this thing. Do you You have have
0: to consider equity for your GC, or do you like to keep it just as, you know, for hire?
2: We would would do equity for GCs. We like uh, when people have skin in the game, and every deal is a little bit different on what it could be, but we do like it when possible. Yeah, because they're... um, On the flip side, it gets... There's a little bit of a conflict, but at the end of the day, if structured well, which the deal should be, is that GC when we have like the GMP guarantee maximum price contract, especially these big ones, these you just can't take the risk. You get um, certain ways where if they beat the milestones, they can potentially earn a bit more money. So there's lots of ways to structure deals. As the bigger they get, you get a few more options on it. But uh, the GC can put equity in you know their incentives are aligned to make sure it's a, a successful project. The last thing you want is a lawsuit with your GC and the homeowners at the end. So if you're all on the same, tugging the same side of the rope, it's just better for the homeowners, better for the developer, better for the GC, everyone.
0: Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we'd notice.
1: The, um, and, and you're also, you got some other big projects potentially in the works mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now that you're the big dog on campus, partner with all these <laughs> cool luxury hotel brands and stuff. I'm sure a lot of people are coming your way now. It'll be cool to see what what you guys do with this. So are you going to keep all those luxury houses? You ditching all those? Are you rolling them into something new? Like, because yeah. I know from our perspective, we got this idea, kind of from you. To be honest yeah, with you, yeah. I mean, we we were talking, and you yeah. were you were part of our masterminds, and you know, being able to hang out with guys like you that were killing it in the luxury Airbnb space, we were like, hey, let's go buy some luxury Airbnbs. We want that lifestyle too. Yeah, yeah. And so we kept, came up with our own version of our creative programs, and we went out and bought a handful you know, maybe 30 Airbnbs in a very short amount of time, mm-hmm. uh, a couple of them in the higher luxury space. And I would say our our better ones are doing really well. Mm-hmm. Our cheaper ones, we learned some hard lessons on about, you know, what summer in Arizona is yeah, like in, yeah, the, in the Airbnb yeah. space and what happens when too many Airbnbs hit the market because everybody becomes an accidental, accidental Airbnb yes, host. Yes, so true. And to be honest, most Airbnb hosts suck. They have <laughs> shitty IKEA furniture. They don't have consistent, you know. You, you go stay at these things. There's no consistency. One's nice. One's absolutely horrible. <laughs> you can't get a hold of anybody. The check-in, check-out process, things are broken. It's awful. The beds suck. The pillows suck. And you're just like, what? Why did I just not go to a hotel? Exactly. And I feel like the whole Airbnb bust happened because of just too much Airbnb inventory and a pullback of with people and their experiences. Yep. So
2: where are you at? So yeah, and maybe just at the very beginning you mentioned, just to give the structure of the company, we have, um, the only way we can do what we do is obviously amazing people. But So we have this U.S. office, it's basically its own team in New York, have a business partner in that side. So he's running the whole development side. So basically, and I, I think I share it because how do you do luxury Airbnbs and develop? And we have office in Italy and these things, it only comes down to like amazing people and partners. So fortunately, just to explain the structure, he runs that side of the business. I spend a little time in it. He spends, you know, the hundred hours a week living, living, breathing it and doing a phenomenal job. Uh, and then we have an office in Italy, right in central Tuscany, where we restore like luxury, well, the, the ruins, like ancient ruins into luxury private estates for families. And that's called Luxus Restorations. So we got Luxus Developments, Luxus Restorations. Definitely if you're listening, you wanted to see some cool like real estate porn, check it out. It's, it's really yeah. Neat, neat. I, lo- I yeah. love that concept. Every once in a while I see an article yeah. that comes out that says this
1: little podunk, Italian village that's ancient yeah. is selling houses for a dollar. If you'll yeah. come in and restore them and live there for a certain amount of time and we'll give it tax-free or sell it for a dollar. And I always kind of, I look at Brian, I'm like, do we need to go buy one of these. <laughs> is that the <laughs> is concept? That we take did? something that's, 300 it, years old and bring it, it back
2: to life? Exactly the concept. The, the issue with what you see online often where these um, Italy's getting giving away a whole town for a dollar. Yeah. As long as you spend $100 million to restore that town. That, <laughs> there, there's a huge caveat with, with what it is required. We end up Paying a lot more for our ruins, from three hundred grand to a couple million bucks, um, because they are prime. And usually, there's a reason why they give it away for a dollar. It's because it's beside a train track, a pig farm, an industrial area, a, 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 an undesirable tourist area, whatever it may be. And not to say it's bad, but it's more not a place where you're going to go like have a vacation with your family. It's more like a local resident that would buy it for a dollar and restore it, and kind of put their own like you know their own sweat equity in. For us, we pay premiums for the ruins for like a pile of rocks, literally. And then because they are primo like that's like hilltop the perfect tuscan postcard the whole works but to that point we then now take the client through the entire process where we have our own gc firm there so basically we help them select the room create their vision for it we restore it and we manage it as either a personal family estate or a luxury you know private retreat for others and they can create revenue from it and that's been super fun and, and hopefully next time we're on the show i can share but working on something really cool in tuscany which will be I don't know, maybe our greatest legacy, if we can get it done. It's gonna be a year's worth of entitlement work.
1: So many of our listeners reach out and they ask us how they can get involved in my actual real estate deals. Our investment firm specializes in finding deeply discounted properties, acquiring them, renovating, stabilizing both single family and multifamily properties all over the United States. That's why we're so excited to share with you clevercapitalfund.com. Now, if you have some investment capital and you want to deploy it and receive double digit returns back by real estate, then visit our website and see which fund is right for you. We have both equity funds and we have debt Funds where you just get paid out every month like clockwork. All you got to do is visit www.clevercapitalfund.com today to learn more. We invest in it. What uh, this thing is, what, what,
2: what, I want to, I want a
1: cool Tuscan uh, villa.
2: You, you, you could have, they'll be, they'll build, like I want to, f- I want to be like George Clooney. Yeah, you could, yeah, Lake Como. Exactly. Yeah, I want to Lake Como it. We will, we will talk offline and there's probably a way to, way to participate. It's going to be unfreaking believable. But we got a lot of water under the bridge to get it done. Like if you think things are complicated here for entitlements, just try in Italy, where it's a thousand-year-old process. Yeah, do you even speak Italian? Uh, I don't, but fortunately, my partner yeah. does <laughs> because yeah. I'm, and he's a very good translator for yeah, us. That yeah, helps. he's amazing. So anyway, now on the Airbnb stuff, we could talk about this a lot, but our and Brian, and I had lunch. I kind of gave him our new rundown. So we're exiting the the co ownership, the club side, whatever you want to call it. And not that it's bad. And I think this is for anyone listening that wants to do like a startup. I think there is such. An amazing opportunity, especially as we're entering some form of economic reset, where you go partner up with five buddies or 20 buddies like I did and pull your capital and buy some assets. We we timed it luck more than strategy. We started in 07. The, the market started to drop already. And then obviously we bought the majority of our real estate through the Great Recession. So that was like a lot of luck. You know, f- There's a lot of th- good things that went our way on that. We're in some we're in some form of new economic reset. And no one knows what the crystal ball is gonna say exactly. But there's gonna be some dips and some pricing pressure and an opportunity to buy some real estate. But I think anyone that wants to get in this business, just take my playbook, you know, and there's plenty of articles written about us and, and how, how you do how you do this, but just pull it, syndicate it through an LLC or a limited partnership, go buy some real estate, try not to have any debt. Everyone wants to lever the hell out of everything, which works. It's the levers part of a financial model that makes sense. When it comes to the club business, you really don't want the debt because as soon as things slow or grow slows, your partner's now got to come up with a dollar amount. Just have a bigger check and buy it with cash. It gives you more leverage and buying power. And then the operating costs are lower and add and add and add. And how you make money at it, how we made money is just charge a fee for raising the capital or a fee for like you know assembling the deal, finding the deal. You get a fee for managing it. You know, obviously you someone, you know, you drew the short straw. So you got to call. What's a, what's a management fee? We do. We do cost plus fifteen was always our our thing. So basically, whatever if cost a a million bucks to to run it, and that included our overhead and certain aspects. There'd be hundred fifty grand. There would be effectively our fee, and uh, you could charge more or less. It's kind of whatever fits, whatever overhead you kind of build, model you build, and then um, you get a split of the profit, which I recommend because it shows aligned incentive you know incentives. Is that you carved out like twenty percent and just said, hey guys the owners get back 80. Exactly. we we'll keep 20. For- yeah, of, of the lift. So if, if you get, it's and it, it works well because now someone looking to invest is like, okay, great. He really is not going to make a lot of money on the management fee, but in five or eight years, if this thing by, paid a million, it's worth 1.5, he gets 100 grand and I get 1.4. Get my capital back, then 80% of the lift or 75, 25, whatever you decide the yeah. split is. It's a great model, especially guys that are earlier adopters. Everyone has 20 friends with a bit of money. You just got to go coffee shop to coffee shop and work it. And you have to have a compelling vision. And our vision, you know, we were solving that problem for people. Now, that all said, I'm very proud of it. We're leaving the business. And it's not because of any other reason that we just dreamed of something bigger, something we can make a bigger impact. 50 homes was great, but we want 500 homes. How do we do it? And the biggest thing that we find is the uh, the issue is exactly what you're saying, Cody, and I was chatting with Brian about it. But the issue of Airbnb and Verbo and Booking.com and everyone is inconsistency. Like that is the... That's the evil, that's the, the, the villain of the industry. You cannot go to an Airbnb and be guaranteed a certain experience. Now, there might be, Joe and Jane Smith own, you know, so-and-so Laguna Airbnb, and they do a really good job. You become loyal to, to Joe and Jane, but you're just not going to go from Laguna to Cabo to Scottsdale and get the same experience. So we're getting out of the ownership game. We're going all in on the management game. And we've learned this from our experience with these brands like Marriott and Four Seasons. They don't own real estate. A lot of people don't know. I think Marriott owns six hotels in the world and they manage hundreds of thousands. And because they use other people's capital, they don't raise it. They're just the developer built and they add their brand, which is an amazing horsepower, an amazing experience to create maximum you know, revenue potential and profit potential for that for that owner. We want to be that source for people in the vacation rental industry. And the niche we're carving and the problem we're solving is consistency. So the Luxus branded home, so we'll call it a branded experience. It's same linens, the same pillows, the same coffee machine, the same bar set, the same TVs, work with vendors like LG, vendors like Dyson, Mocha Master, um, you name them, where we partner with them and every single home. So when you go to your, I don't know, your phone to Cabo or wherever, you don't have to guess if you're going to have a good cup of coffee. It's guaranteed. You know exactly how it works. You don't have to guess if the TV is going to work because it's the exact same television and all the properties. No one in the world's offering that. And so we believe we can drive more occupancy, more profit, more revenue for the homeowners and create uh, just a better experience for the guests. So, but there is a company out there that does these luxury vacation,
1: it's like a membership, right? I forget the name Uh, of it. Inspirato? Inspirato. So the problem with
2: Inspirato, and I I know Inspirato guys well, uh, we've, a lot of our projects we developed for, we've um, partnered with them and they've actually managed our properties. So the, there's two things that we're different. So I'm gonna say the problem is not the right way to put it, but the the differentiator. They're targeting the luxury side, so the top 0.5 percent of income earners spending two to three thousand a night plus. Well, our goal is to take care of the 90 to 99.5 percent of income earners. They're like the lost middle. They're spending a thousand bucks a night. They got wealth, but they're getting the same booking experience as someone booking a couch through Airbnb. Literally, like that's what the experience is. And the same, and when they get to the home, they don't know what they're gonna get. So, Inspirado is a great example. They provide consistency and certainty, but there's a buried entry. Number one, you have to be worth whatever, 20 million bucks, and, or you have to be able, willing to spend 50 to 100 grand a year, basically, to travel to their homes. Yeah, That's the top, top of the pyramid. And second, their business model is where I is the actual issue. And it's proven this is public. They're a publicly traded company. They went via SPAC last year. They play the arbitrage play. And we're not doing the arbitrage play because there's just so much risk and no one's been able to do it. So effectively, they'll go to you in your luxury Airbnb in Vegas and say, I'll write you a check for $25,000 a month to guarantee it, and then I'm going to rent it to my members, and I hope to rent it for $35,000 a month, and I keep the, the middle, I keep yeah. the delta. And great idea in principle, no one's been able to do it on a consistent basis. Inspirato, Saunders, another good example. They're, they used to a reverse stock split because they're they're basically a penny stock just in order to stay like um, uh, on the stock exchange. And I wish them well. I'm not knocking them. I want them to be successful. This is important. It's a huge sandbox for all of us to play in. But their problem is the arbitrage play is risky because you have to be so careful what homes you pick up because if the market adjusts a little bit, you're now losing money and I still owe you 25 grand a month. And no
0: principal pay down. There's no depreciation. There's no yeah. tax benefits. You're just writing that check for rent.
2: You're just yeah, you're writing exactly. Hmm.
0: So it's, uh they've, um they've, and for us, I mean, we want the
2: owners to get, they're going to get the depreciation, all those aspects. When it comes down to uh, inspirado though, I love them though. Like, so to, to not, I want them to be successful. I think it's important for the industry to show that certainty does provide uh, a, a, you know, an unserved value in the industry. We're just looking at it to say, okay, we're not doing the arbitrage play. No one's proven it out. Guys with huge, way deeper pockets than us have not been able to prove it out. We won't be able to figure it out. Um, but what we can do is provide a consistent kick-ass experience from a $600,000 home to a $6 million house. When you take an Inspirato, more like $3 million to $20 million or whatever the math is. Uh, and there's exclusive resorts and there's Airbnb locks. Like There's lots of luxury providers that do a good job and serve. If you're going to spend 3000 bucks a night, you're going to be taken care of. That's just the bottom line. You spend 1000 bucks a night, 50-50 best case scenario. You're going to get an experience that meets your expectations, just, just what it is. But we're going to make sure that people know exactly the experience. So you're going to create get. the
1: booking engine. You're going to do the management. You're going to be like, like, you know, lack of a better
2: analogy
0: you're going to be the marriott
2: of this exactly.
0: niche for single family homes ideally 500
2: um yeah exactly so we want to get to a point you know starting phase get the 15 year one work out the kinks do so you said, we got the booking platform the onset management the concierge team the onsite uh, boots on the ground you have all aspects covered and uh, and then we want to build the foundation that we can grow to add 100 a year at that so, point so
1: you're you're going to raise money to buy to to create this business We've, we we do Or through selling
2: your other luxury rentals? So because we What's don't- What's happening here? Well, since we're not buying real estate, we really don't need any money. So basically it's self-finance. I do have some investors involved um, that are close to me, um, but it's not a public kind of offering we've done in the past. And, uh, and that's invested directly to the brand. But because we're basically, think of the foundation, we're trying to build a foundation like wide and deep. So then we do decide to pull the trigger and really get after it. We can add significant amount of homes very quickly. And we want to prove to the merits of the world and the Hyatt's, this can be done because they have also launched their own um, married homes and villas, for example. But it's the same problem. You go to a married hotel, you know what type of sleep you're gonna get. You go to a married homes and villas, it's still just like Joe and Jane Smith property rented on their platform. They try to add more consistency, but it's not, it's just not the same. So we want to be able to prove to the industry that consistency can be solved. And it's freaking hard though. Like as we were chatting over lunch, like yeah. when you go to a homeowner and they say, Well, I just bought new linens doesn't matter. You got to be our linens because we're guaranteeing our client a specific sleep, no matter where they are in the world. And we'll try to sell your linens on Kijiji and get a few grand back, but our linens are going into your house because consistency is going to be the name of the game. Mm. So now, so, so we don't raise money, self-financed through us and a small group of investors. And, uh, and we just focus on bringing homes on that want to work with us. And there's basically three buckets. You got the individual homeowner, a guy who's got a great home that they already, you know, part-time live in or they vacation out, and they just want someone to manage it and create, create as much revenue as possible. They're not thinking cap rate. They're thinking like, just get me some revenue because I don't want to do it myself. This sucks. Well, we're going to, we're going to, I mean, not we're going to be. Brian's going to be your client.
1: He's your avatar. I'm too rich and successful for this shit. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. <laughs> you sure. know, exactly. I expect even the highest caliber <laughs> linens. I you know, I know, so, I know.
2: exactly. So, this is really, I'm you really, are the avatar. What I'm really
1: saying is I'm high maintenance.
2: Yeah. 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 You're, the, you're the perfect type of guy for, you're going to love I'm not the our guy firm.
1: you actually want in your thing. I'm a pain in the ass. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll take care of you. Well,
0: that, no, that's huge, man. That's I, That's really cool. So we talked about ways to get clients um, Mm -hmm. at lunch and you had mentioned that you want to maybe work a little bit through the affiliate uh, space and maybe some of the influencers, you know, and uh, just try to convert some of their existing Airbnbs, prove the model out, and then have them, you know, say case study, case study, case study, and then reward them. So that was one creative idea. I I would think kind of
1: like how like an Uber or anything else like that launches, You, you, you hammer a market. You, you infiltrate that market really well. You build, like, they dominated San Francisco. And yeah. then they move out. It's kind of that mm-hmm. mushroom kind of growth. It'd be hard, I would think, to have all these places all over the place trying mm-hmm. to like, build the infrastructure to, to control it and service it really well.
2: It is hard, but it's kind of what we've been doing the last two decades. Like we have, we, we we were in 25 markets around the world. So we know what it's like to manage even one property in like Dominican Republic and we can do it. So we have the model and the infrastructure, like the know-how to do it. But to your point, it is better. We're trying to pick five or eight markets, not just one, to have, you know, between five to 10 properties per market out of the gate. So you can create some regional scale. Then yeah. you have like a full-time person on the ground that becomes your person and looks after <coughs> it. And from, as, as Brian said, thinking of ideas to get the word out because so luxusvp.com will be the website and although people can book through there we'll have a loyalty program and, and incentives to book direct people also about to find us on airbnb and Verbo and, and stuff but we want people to be a direct loyal client just like marriott bonvoy members or you know, hilton rewards whatever it is and the concept of affiliates is something we discussed there's like two types of guests we're looking for there's the our clients we're looking for the homeowner but we're also looking for the guests so if you know, Cody Sperver becomes an affiliate and says, Hey, like, I'm staying at Alexis Prairie and I'm high maintenance as fuck, but I'm having the best time of my life and you should stay here. And then, you know, is there an affiliate? You should program?
1: give me free access to all your homes. I will promote the shit of you. I, yeah, I, my I social believe news. you will. I, I, I'm what
2: sure kind there's of something a big more, deal. I, I think saying something will work You take, you, we'll make sure. As as <laughs> I'll bring Brian with me. Don't yeah. <laughs> worry. Brian can come. He'll be my guest. As He'll as, sleep in the bunk. As long as Brian gets some love uh, out of it. So, is that, <laughs>
0: is, is that how Jewel did it? and jewel the the e-cigarette company that's all they did They, they created they remastered that campaign of just like the lifestyle um, marketing and it's a uh, horrible example, it, it, Brian. It, no, Jewel, quoted no.
1: spectacularly. <laughs> we Dan, Dan Bazillion, like same thing, you know, get the big place. Uh-huh. And where it goes. <laughs> Dude, look, here's what everybody really wants to know, Stephen. How much money do you have? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, I don't know. Like, are actually. you rich, rich? Uh, like, uh, you can't do a billion dollar project He's, without having some, some, some cheddar, some cheese, some moolah,
2: some guac. I've got at least some broccoli. At least, what do you got? How much broccoli you got? <laughs>
0: I uh, asked me, can it. I borrow
2: some money? Once the once project's done, <laughs> I'll have a better answer. Our BB about that? portfolio
0: is a shit show right now. Can we borrow some money? <laughs> I think we're ready to build a couple towers right <laughs> yeah, Right outside go, on the other side, the side of. Uh, we're going to hit Vegas. those
1: Apache Junction towers yeah. real, real hard.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I uh, have uh, just enough to put food on the table and hopefully it's a lot bigger in five years from now. Put it that way. We're definitely trying is to. Is there create- an exit strategy for you? You know what? um, You're a young guy. I don't know if you're thinking like that yet, but we're we're building, manufacturing this company. I reverse engineered it to that it could be sold. Everything else is very intertwined through like our kind of global portfolio and companies and it's complicated. So this one we peeled off so that it could be, but I got kids that really love the business. They've been following it since the day they were born. And if I could have a legacy of one of the divisions or all the divisions, they could play a role in that at some point in the future, that'd be phenomenal. But we have built it in a way that if an opportunity for a partnership or an exit came that would, you know, gave us the the financial means to pursue something else we loved, we're going to keep those options open. But nothing I can say for certain in the next five to 10 years. Like right now, we're so focused on this growth to build this company because it's less about money. And obviously, like all of us want to make income and provide a good life for our families and freedom. But this is going to disrupt this industry. And I feel like if I can leave some form of legacy or impact on the vacation rental industry, which is Helping people travel better, which is healthy and good for families and good for uh, mental health, uh, I want to do that first. And if there happens to be a financial reward at the end, that's material. Well, that you ever would buy be awesome. any weird shit?
1: Like you got uh, like just like, can't like talk about like, like that. Like like like, like <laughs> no seriously like like what's your craziest thing you ever splurged on? You got like uh, a weird sports car fetish? You got you know crazy watch collection? Get, most Canadians are so smart with their money yeah what's the matter with you guys you, you, you know you gotta why? buy a racehorse or
2: some weird, weird something weird it's 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 actually funny i've i'm like i got was one watch i bought it's like 1500 bucks it's canada's <laughs> 150 birthday that's my biggest splurge on jewelry ever and uh, I've, I've driven the same car since 2012. My wife's like, get a new car. It's like breaking down. I'm like, no, no, just like another five like grand. You don't have any debt. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Oh, no, you're, no, you're no. Financially I'm financially responsible. No, no. I'm in real estate. There's plenty of debt. Trust me. It's uh, you I still, mean personal debt. Yeah. You still leverage. As far as weird stuff, I have a, a expensive travel habit. I spend a disproportionate amount of the income I so have on travel. So you just got travel. to
0: work that into those contracts. Every house that you manage, you get Five days. (laughs) That's what he did. That's part of that too. Yeah, specifically (laughs) what he did. Gives a lot of in your immediate family. Dude, what a great
1: way to spend your dough, though. Grabbing your family, and and honestly, since I know you, it's like, where are you? Where in the world are you (laughs) right now? We're staying at our villa in Hawaii. Oh, we're in Italy. It's like you
2: suck. I I think we're over here during COVID,
1: suffering, and you're traveling the world. We did have a.
2: We got lucky that one. I have to admit, it was. Um, it, it. The cool thing is, we got kids. I mean, your your spouse, whatever is like all you got is memories at the end. You know what? And these material things, like I don't, they, just, they don't like get me excited, but a memory with my family on a beach in Hawaii or Costa Rica or Scottsdale or Vegas last week, that shit's priceless, man. So it's like, we definitely overspend and probably to the point where my financial advisors say like, you spend too much on, you know, like vacations. I'm like, I don't care. I'll make more later because right now, my kid's time is finite. Mm. There's this freaking thing but it's like super impactful the last few weeks. You get 90% of your kid's life in the first 18 years and 10% the rest of your life. Mm. My son's got a year and a half left with us. So I'm like, dude, I don't care what it costs. What a great um, way to look at it. You, you got you you so to got it. So it. many summers.
1: Once you blast through
2: those summers, they, uh, oh, they don't it. care nearly as much. They go fast, man. So anyhow, that's where I spend my money.
1: My daughter, I said, uh, what do you want to do? When, because uh, right now she's super competitive cheerleader. There is oh no, sweet. There's nothing else. There's cheer it. is life. Love right? it, love it. And uh, next year she she may or may not want to do cheer again. It's very, mm. She's at the highest level of competitive cheer she could be in right now. It's very taxing. Um, sometimes they have two... Th- Two or three hour practices in a single day. It's that level. And
2: you can't miss cheer because you can't take one person out of the pyramid. And you know, like yeah. there's no missing days on <laughs> yeah. cheer. And yeah. so,
1: like, and I said, Well, if you did ever take time off, what would you want to do? And she said, I want to get my scuba license. Damn straight. That's awesome. I was like, hell yeah. yeah. Like yes. that's that's right up my alley. I said, I'll do that in a heartbeat. Um, do you do something? how, how old's your daughter? She's uh 12. 12, yeah. So yeah. you got like so six years. She right? turns, just so you know, she yeah. turns 13. November fourteenth.
2: Mm. Oh no, kidding! Happy yeah. birthday so, in advance. Yes,
1: yeah. couple days and uh, from the, from the time of this recording. Oh, tomorrow! Shit! <laughs> Dang it! You gotta get tomorrow. Gotta get it diet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got, yeah. We just we just did a really fun shopping spree. And I love it. Of stuff, but she was telling me she wants to do scuba, and I'm like, oh, I could just see it now. The all the cool stuff. I told her first place I'm
2: taking her is to Belize to the Blue Hole. Oh, that's supposed to be the best. Like, how cool would that be? Yeah. Right? And you, know, what do you spend money on if you can't have that? And my daughter just. 13 this year as well in June, June 14th. And uh, now, and she's having a volleyball now, but she's in beach volleyball where she's pursuing, in Canada, you can guess, beach volleyball is not as big of a thing when there's nine months of winter. So we have to do some travel for it. Like, and it's hard. Like it's taxiing on, on a plane all the time. She's going to Huntington Beach. And I you but, don't have a private jet yet?
1: Is that next? I, I, is that on the horizon? W-
2: working on it. That would be, that would be, that's, 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 if I were to spend, overspend on anything, it would be the time machine. And that is the private jet. Yeah, That's something that um, is the, I think that's the ultimate privilege in life because you cannot buy, you know, time, but that buys a lot of time back. So is, a lot of time is, and
1: part. sorry, I'm jumping all over the oh, place, go, go, go. Cutting out, but like, is
2: Canada the same as
1: the U.S. where uh, you own real estate, you get depreciation, certain tax benefits, like, are you
2: paying taxes or... I know it's it's similar, like the whole. I was talking to Brian about the cost seg side. It's it's similar but different. Um, but yes, I mean, if you can buy a real estate asset and accelerate the depreciation any way possible, or a private plane, there's other assets you can do. You can use that to offset taxes. So I do pay taxes um, because I don't. a lot of my real estate is uh, not in Canada, obviously. And so there are things you can't use against your Canadian income. So I don't probably get the same advantages as others do if you're like 100% in one spot. Um, but absolutely, real estate's still one of the ultimate things for um, offsetting taxes. And just, just buy accelerated depreciation best you can that's legal and accurate when you have a good person that does it for you. If you never want to get caught doing something you shouldn't and um, and pay less taxes and more more real estate. Well,
1: at, at the start of this interview, I thought maybe you were smarter than me and Brian, but since we don't pay taxes, we're definitely smarter <laughs> No, than no see, I
2: knew you guys were always yeah. smart. Okay, Canada finds a way, no matter what, to, you're paying freaking taxes. <laughs> they also make you drive to the beer store. <laughs> yeah, yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the hell's the matter with you guys? I, Just sell beer I at got the got regular store. I got so an idea. So complicated. Run it right. back
0: 18 years, grab the 18 guys, the yeah. families <laughs> that originally invested, say we're Brian a jet. Let's go. We're doing it. We're jet. doing it.
2: There's there's so many God, God, that would that yeah. would piss me off though. I'd be like, <laughs> "Oh,
0: dude,
1: I need the jet right now." And you're like, "Your month was 6 months ago, bro." I figured
0: it out with houses. I bet you they could figure it out you with You know, the jet.
2: I've done a lot of research on the, on the private jet side for clients and others. And I think the only way, if you either own your own by yourself with one other body who lives in geographically a similar place than you, it's impossible if you're geographically different because, hey, I need the jet. I'll fly it empty at $2,000 an hour to pick me up four hours. It just doesn't work, right? Yeah. Um, but fractional programs like NetJets, ones in Canada, I think that's a great segue into owning your homes. you still get the depreciation benefits, Um, lower operating costs. You only pay when you fly, like you pay a base and then you pay a certain amount when you fly. I think if someone's got the the wherewithal to get into that space, I think fractional is a great kickoff. And then, and obviously you can charter as well, but usually chartering Mm -hmm. is- I can see with
1: your luxury brand, once you get it really up and pumping and you do have 2,000 homes under management, some crazy thing. Because like one of my dreams is to- uh, and I think it's about 100K a person. I could be wrong. Last I checked, it was like 90 or 100K a person. Yep. But Four Seasons has the jet. Yes. And you get on the jet, and they take you to like two or three or four Four Seasons. You go for whatever, six, eight weeks yep. on just this luxury Four Seasons world tour. Mm. And I always thought that would be a
2: kick ass vacation had friends that have we, done it. I've, and I've, it's all on my bucket list, put it that way. It's about yeah. 150 grand a person. Is that how it, much it is? Well, they have yeah. different, you know, varying amounts and, and lengths to stay and I have a couple of friends that have done it. And so that's 300 grand. Um, But what they said, like, remarkable, like truly they have a freaking dialed. So that would be on the bucket list. So I think when the kids are, kids are out, maybe my wife and I, and I could, I could afford to write that type of check for an experience just like that. that that's a big number, but it's, it's bucket list quality right there. All right, well. Yeah, put keep that on the list, man. That would be epic. Well, dude, this has been awesome
1: just chopping it up with you. You're doing some epic Absolutely. things. It's it's cool to have you in the office and so cool. uh, just be learning from you and and being able to call you a friend and call you for advice. You, you're a great mentor, anytime, of ours bro, and, and have given us some great advice and And you for we, me. We I wish you. Yeah, yeah, we wish you a ton of success and and luck with all your new stuff, and I can't wait to come check out your project
2: next time I'm in Vegas. Definitely. Yeah. I'll get you in the nickel tour. Yeah. Come on down anytime. More
1: importantly, I want to go to the Tulum, the the yeah, yes, k- Carmen stuff.
2: You should uh that that's almost built. It looks pretty freaking cool. But thank you guys. You guys put out and Cody so much good. Con- I still get value from your content. I like when you're running with no shirt on because your chest. Yeah, like, you've been working <laughs> on that, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you did you're, more. It's,
1: it's, you're flipping through your real estate porn and then you see me running. It's just <laughs> too I, much. I kind of get
2: stuck on that. It's though. too it's, much. It's like I try to find it's those. Too, well, yeah. you know.
1: You go through a divorce and you get a six-pack real quick. Yeah, you, got, you got to get
2: thrown back out into the wild. It's you like get your shit it. together. Yeah, you look good though, man. You're staying on top of it. Good job. Yeah,
1: yeah. you know, it's. I, I just made the decision one day that I was done playing full out in the financial department and not full out in the health department, not full out in the spiritual department, not full out in the partnership and friendship department. I just- yeah. I'm just gunning on all levels. And what's funny is we make these kind of like uh, self-limiting decisions mm-hmm. that, oh, I can only I, I don't have time to go to the gym. I don't have time mm-hmm. to go to church. I don't have time to be a better friend because I'm so busy over here. That's why I, I yeah. didn't get to that text. I didn't get to that little love note. I didn't get, it's like, that's some bullshit self-limiting thought. It is. That isn't true. Yeah. That isn't true. You're going to, once I got Really in alignment with my health and on the friendship side and with all my actions and all the other departments, I started making more money. How it works. It's the oddest thing. It's it's yeah. actually backwards with how you are justifying it. But we got this like Gary V work hard and just dis- you know, sacrifice everything forever and destroy every relationship <laughs> in your path that is getting in the way of your dreams. And it's just not true. You know, yeah, there is moments where it's a lot of energy needs to go into that short-term sacrifice for yeah. the bigger gains, but you can bring your family with you. You can bring your friends friends with you and your health with you. You don't have to Dude, I get one that. One that we chat, chat
2: about over lunch. Man, yeah. I agree 100%. It's like the um first off, if you don't have your health, none of it matters anyway. So like you're going to die young or be unhealthy, not have the energy to do stuff with your kids, whatever. And I think you can be a great partner to your spouse and a great father and a great boss, and do all these things. And I, I feel like we're as a family trying to live it. But to your point, there' are seasons of life where you have to go heavier into one aspect. You have to go heavier into work because it's an you know it's an important season of life financially for your family. But I look at those seasons as, and my kids get it. We talk about them like they know I'm in one right now. we're We're very, very deep in this launch of this vacation uh, property component and also this so we have two big components and they're like dad you just do it and then they come along for the ride and they were in las vegas last week seeing the site and meeting our sales team and doing the whole thing and they're part of the journey but people just like cut it out and i don't think it just it, you don't have to you you honestly don't but you do have to say no to certain things that are a detractor in life but health should not be the thing you're saying no to and i could, like that's a whole separate podcast yeah. but i love that <laughs> stuff man man it's it's Without that, you got nothing, so. I agree. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me on.
1: All right, guys, if you guys got some value from this, you guys know what to do. Share this with another investor that's just trying to come up and uh, do more. Do more and make more and uh, have more control, more freedom and more joy in their lives. That's what this podcast is all about. We appreciate you. And if you uh, also got some value from this, please go online and leave us a uh, review. It really helps with the algorithm pushing this podcast out to other potential listeners. That's all we have for you in this one. Until next time, we're out of here. Take care. Thumb your hair. Peace. Hey, Cody Sperber, the original Clever Investor, host of the Clever Investor Show podcast. And I'm shooting this ad right now to let you know that this podcast exists. It's finally out and we have some amazing guests. So please, I'm begging you. Can you just come and give our podcast a listen? I've been doing real estate for a really long time. I've accessed some of the coolest people in the world. We were having all these amazing conversations and I'm like, what are we doing? Let's record this and actually put it out on a podcast. But the problem is I have to let people know about it. That's where this ad comes in and this is where you come in. You're gonna be able to learn from successful entrepreneurs, get in-depth interviews from amazing leading experts. You're gonna learn real estate investing strategies and tactical training strategies that work in today's market. We're going over market analysis and different market predictions. You're gonna be able to engage in an awesome community. And we go into some pretty deep dives on the mindset of what it takes to win the game of money and in life. Plus lots of bonus resources and exclusive content. So what you're gonna to wanna to do right now is click the link that you see on your screen and give the show a subscribe today. Day. We have amazing guests like Ken McElroy and Robert Kiyosaki and Wes Watson and Pace Morby and Jamil Damji and Vina Jetty and a whole host of amazing men and women entrepreneurs that you're going to love to learn from and get to know. So what you want to do right now is click that link and give the show a subscribe today.